See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Snap is back to Hoyer, throwing open. Howard breaks a tackle, 15-10, five, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown, Bears! Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. A team that is known as the Bears. Wait, fake, Cutler sidestep to the pocket, avoiding pressure now, winds up throwing deep down the right side, going for Jeffrey. He makes the catch inside the 10-yard line. Down near the five. Throw it up and get it. Jeffrey did. Jeffrey outleaps him 49 yards. Bears Hour live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitoshin. With me, as always, are the super fans. I'm smarter than the average bear. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. You're listening to Lauren Cox and Phil Atoshin coming to you after the Bears' 13th loss in the season. Phil, we haven't had a 13-loss season in Chicago since 1969 when they were 1-13. The Bears have never gone 0-8 on the road. And, and here we are, another year in the books of John Fox football. And it's not a lot of, to be excited about moving forward. I mean, we heard earlier this week, or I guess earlier this morning, technically, of the new year, that John Fox is expected to return as, along with the entire coaching staff, but uh, there's not a lot to necessarily like out of that. I mean, you and I have talked all year about all of the failures of this coaching staff, and you know, in, in a game like we saw today, is there really anywhere else you can go with the blame? I mean, the way we saw the offense being called, the way we saw effort or lack thereof on the defensive side of the ball... I mean, obviously, individual players certainly made a lot of mistakes, but it just kind of seemed like on both sides of the ball, this team was not ready to go. No, Lauren. First of all, happy New Year to you and yours and all of the fans listening and the support that we've gathered surrounding what, as you called, the worst season the Chicago Bears have had. In, since its inception, because that was the first, this is three win season, the first time ever in a 16 regular season um, season. The new age NFL has not seen a team a, go 0 for 8 on the road, Lauren. And ultimately, I just don't know how, I'm, I'm trying to find the Tommy Boy quote because it's perfect for this about you could. You can uh, put a sticker on a box of shit and sell it and make some money off of it. But if you want to stand up for quality and what we've seen John Fox selling and, and unfortunately these comments by Ryan Pace, I don't know if they're just fluff pieces because it's pregame. We're going to talk, but ultimately not going to say anything, which also is a Chicago Bears way. But I've been told for weeks that Fox is gone. I'm going to stick by that. I just don't know how you could sell what you see on the tape, let alone at the end of the day on the scoreboard. Injuries aside, this is the NFL, Lauren. Every team gets injured. Every team has to overcome it. You know, Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the history of the NFL in my book. I've never seen a better player. He goes down. He gets replaced. They win football games. That's coaching. That's recognizing you might have to do things differently. Halftime adjustments with 
DAO logins have been a fantasy, a fantasy land. Uh, we'd rather be playing miniature golf on vacation in the Cape than actually doing anything productive come the second half. Uh, continuously starting Josh Bellamy and putting him out there when you could get a guy on the street that can catch the football because the difference between winning and losing 90 98.9% of the time is catching and dropping the football in critical positions. We've seen that happen. Every avenue that this team has taken, including setting an historical mark of 0-8 on the road, uh, three and thirteen football season, coming out arrogantly and saying we're so close, we're so close, so close to what a top five pick again next year. It's just utter bullshit on every level. It's disgusting, and I speak passionately with the fans because I want to see this football franchise win. And I think if you look at the history, Lauren the consultants and the hiring and firing and just the story of Jay Cutler in it in his self of what they've had here. The Chicago bears have had the same mess Cutler or not the offensive coordinator hires, the head coaching hires, the blunders all over the field. And it really came to a head today when ultimately your last game of the season, Lauren, if I was the head coach, David Fales would have been starting and we would have seen a opportunity to assess him going forward because you know what you've gotten in Matt Barkley. And again, the turnovers were there. You saw a glimpse of Matt Barkley. I'll be the first one to tell you, as you know, you can't argue tape. He was, you know, he's playing well and making good decisions with the football. But the NFL is not for long for a reason. And ultimately, I just think it says a lot about what the Bears have had at quarterback. And if you think we're going to hire, get a new, you know, young quarterback in here, we're going to continue this path with John Fox, you know, building this franchise and Dow Loggins, I think you're fooling yourself and you're ultimately selling away another year just because of a coach's salary. I think that's stupidity on every level. And Bear fans deserve better than this. You know, each year as I get older, it's less of an opportunity to see a Chicago Bears championship. And ultimately, if you're thinking and praising uh, brilliance, freaking brilliance, brilliant 10 uh, points, the Bears blog, please call in because honestly, I'd love to know what Dal Logan sentence ends or begins with brilliance has to be almost he must have been arrested and talked his way out of a ticket. That's the only brilliance I could ever see a Dowell Logan sentence be because this is piss poor JV football at every level. You saw it again today, Lauren. Yeah, and you know, when we're doing this show, we're, we're not able to watch John Fox's post-game press conference and what the players are saying afterwards, but uh, our own Aldo Gandhi of Bears Barroom said he watched the press conference and his gut says that John Fox will be fired tomorrow which is following up what you were saying, what you've been hearing all years, that you know, as much as Ian Rappaport said this morning that he is expected to return, that was far from a locked-in John Fox will be back. Because one thing I noticed, too, from that is that 
Rappaport cited sources that were quote unquote close to John Fox. So I mean, you th- I mean that's not John Fox's decision. You know what I mean? Like maybe John Fox believes he was going to be back, but after a game like this, I I don't know. I mean, especially after the last couple how, games, sources how, close how to John Fox won't be accurate. How could you sell that, Lawrence? Seriously, how could you sell countless games where you go away? from your best football player Jordan Howard I think we'll we can't miss because we weren't on last week we apologize it's just very difficult with the holiday and everything family but let's talk about Dal Loggins display commentary that he didn't know what Jordan Howard was now <laughs> because he didn't see him at pads and then in training camp you don't know Okay, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. There's a lot of eyes for talent on Twitter, for God's sake, that can understand what you're seeing in the preseason is scrimmaging. And in scrimmaging, there's live game action. Now, any offensive coordinator worth their grain of salt will identify what chess pieces they have, Lauren, in, in, in coming into a football season. And that includes the draft because part of the evaluation process is talking to coaches and understanding where you're going to go and what needs you need as a team. And getting Jordan Howard, I mean, we talked about it at the Bears Bar Room, at Bears Wire. It was very clear to see that Jordan Howard had something special. In college, his college tape, we talked about it leading up to the draft. This guy's physical, he's somebody that got moved the chains. You know, you get a good running game going. He could be a part of the two-back hot-hand rotation that we were sold. So for Dow Loggins to put a self-indictment on himself, rather, it's very telling what kind of person you have calling plays. Now, Dow Loggins could be a great quarterback coach. I, I honestly think that that's his position best suited. Because as a play caller, the JV play calls, the lacking of creativity. For example, today, Lauren, I know I'm jumping around. I don't know if you want to reply to the... No, go for it. Not. Are you going to talk about the uh, the trick play in the red zone, finally pulling that out when it mattered most? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You pull out a trick play in the red zone. You know, creative, uh, maniacal coaches do that when it matters. You're playing in a rivalry game. You want to sell me we're close that beat Green Bay at home and have something to build on going into next year. That's how you sell close. That's when you win at all costs mentality comes, not in the final scrimmage with a team in in Minnesota that had a rebellion or a revolt against their head coach, and, and they could give two shits about the game. They're just playing at home in front of their fans and beats you anyway. I mean, it's ridiculous that you're doing that. But also, look at, we're going to run. So now we're going to go into single, we're going to go into two tights and tell everybody we're going to run. Any third and third and three, third and two, third and one situation, he's giving half the power over to the defense with his formational tells. It's constant. If you look at the numbers, and I'm sure PFF could, dig into these numbers better than I in my mind of watching countless hours of tape of this travesty of a 2016 football season but anytime there's a critical third and short situation and you're going to run 
Dowell Loggins brings in a tight end or two and a fullback. He tells everybody that that's what you're going to, that's not how you run. That's not how you win. It's not how you fool people because part of the offensive coordinator's responsibilities to find matchups and mismatches that you're going to exploit to move the chains, to continue drives. And, and you're talking about a guy that's not two steps ahead of the game ever and is never in a situation where, okay, we're going to run the ball twice here and we're going to run a counterplay. We're going to hustle back to the line because we prepared all week that we know play number two in a fourth and short situation is going to be this power dive play and we're going to challenge you guys. That doesn't happen in Chicago. We're seeing stupidity galore, never spreading them out, never using your best football player to his strengths in the red zone. Let's just go tight up Jordan Howard, one carry, three passes, two passes. It becomes so predictable, it's almost beyond fireable. It's what I said, it's JV football. It's a JV offensive coordinator, and if John Fox and coaches are very loyal, and I have no problem with that, is saying to Ryan Pace and whoever's consulting the Bears, listen, I'm not firing any of my guys, and they want somebody out, then the best avenue to take is to get rid of the head coach because you, what is going to change next year? We, you know, Arguments are made, Lauren. I'll put this back on you. We saw a healthy roster the first six games of the year. They were 0-5 football team. So what is going to change? They were selling Brian Hoyer as a starting quarterback over Jay Cutler, saying all of these fans, all of these football people in this league are dumb. We know better. And ultimately what transpired, Lauren? How are they going to sell injuries when there's tape and mathematical showcases of game after game of losses, including the Jacksonville Jaguars loss. Well, and the key thing here, too, is that, you know, normally it might be easy enough to just say, well, the Chicago media doesn't seem to understand. But they, especially after a game like this, I think we started to see a lot of those guys be very outwardly critical of this coaching staff. Finally, it kind of seemed like it took a while where, you know, some of the media guys were pretty quick to just say, well, there's 19 inj- 19 players on IR and they don't have a quarterback. But once you start to look at the talent on this roster and see what they've been able to do and then what they continue to fail to be able to do, it's just so, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can see it any other way, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you've got an offensive line that's playing decently right now, it was despite missing three, or missing two starters and continuing to put Bobby Massey out there at right tackle, and you've got a running back that's averaging 5.6 yards per carry in this game. I mean, how many quarterbacks can you find that could lead you to a win with that situation? I mean, you know what I mean? If you had a, and even Barkley in this game, he wasn't horrible. I mean, he wasn't great by any means, but he completed 71.4% of his passes. I mean, the two interceptions and the fumble were very bad, and you can't, you can't accept those, but at the same time, it feels like you could take what he was able to give you in this game and still put together more than 10 points because, you know, he made a couple of individual bad calls and bad decisions, but you really had a, a moving offense for quite a bit of this game, and, and you just keep, like you said, you keep getting players being put in poor positions to be successful. You keep coming back to more predictable formations. They know, you know, the defense knows when you're going to run. They know when you're going to pass. And then a guy like uh, Xavier Rhodes is, is able to get in position and make an interception on what wasn't a very well put ball from Matt Barkley, but it's it's just frustrating. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. It's very frustrating to watch when you know the game of football. Uh, 
I'm a football guy from birth to now, and I've watched enough Bears games to recognize a direction and a thing to hang your hat on is not even cherished here, and that's Jordan Howard. This is a top five running back in the in, in the NFL on a three-win football team. You throw all the injuries you want at me, you still are averaging what you said in running the football. The game plans lack any kind of hang your hat on the guy that's going to get you there. And unfortunately for the Chicago Bear fans that continue to, to I mean, granted, Chicago Bear fans, uh, I got to shout out Jose Cotto because he got on me early October when he's like, this is the dumbest fan base in football. And I was defending the Chicago Bears fan base. And ultimately, Jose, hats off to you in 2017. I think you're right, brother, because I just, I don't know how you justify professional athletes who are on the field to do their job not doing it but being allowed the opportunity to continue when others get one shot and are deemed incapable of doing it and and that's the 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 frustration with this football coach because there seems to be no accountability meter there's no there's someone gets favoritism like a Josh Bellamy you, you can't have a fan base defending an NFL receiver dropping critical balls, let alone any ball, but continuously draw again today, had a chance to make a play, drop the ball. Drops happen in football, no doubt. Critical drops are where you're assessed the most. Unfortunately for the Bears, Josh Bellamy continues to go out on the football field. At least with a guy like Bellamy, you know, finally for the first week, I think all season, his playing time kind of started coming down a little bit more. They finally started to realize uh, what, what they've been putting out with him. He only had 25 out of the 60 snaps after playing a good 32 last week and some up in the 40s and 50s in previous weeks. So, you know, they got Deontay Thompson more involved with the offense. But the one guy who was, once again, kind of missing in action is Alshon Jeffrey. One, uh, three targets, one catch. One of those targets was an interception that was in, uh, not exactly an accurate ball from Matt Barkley. But still, I mean, we saw, I don't know if that was the Washington game or if I'm mixing up with the Green Bay game. It might have been the Green Bay game where in the second half, yeah, definitely the Green Bay game. In the second half when Alshon, Jeff was, Alshon Jeffrey's first game back and they finally get him going after the rust is knocked off and the offense comes alive. And yet Dowell Loggins once again struggled to adjust and struggled to find plays to get Alshon Jeffrey involved in the offense. And instead, you know, we, we got more dump-offs to Jeremy Langford and Daniel Brown, but uh, can't get Alshon Jeffrey involved. Yeah, Lauren, you look at this team, you put a franchise tag on a football player. Your expectation is that you're going to have game plans that incorporate getting this talented athlete, the football, down the football field. seems like as the season's gone on, the suspension, the story of this football season and how they've handled it is one tremendous wow, snowball effect of stupidity because if you look at this football team and if I'm just looking at guys in a gym and I'm looking at the best players on this football team then it starts with Jay Cutler he would be the number one thing that's a franchise quarterback when protected and surrounded by a game plan that promotes running the football and going 
action game off of it, big plays, waggles, boots. You have a quarterback here that could do that. You have a running back here. Number two, best player on the roster, Jordan Howard. Took them how many weeks to figure that out, Lauren? Then the third thing. Now Jordan Howard wasn't good in, in OTAs, remember, <laughs> Phil? That's why it took three weeks to get him on the field because Dowell Loggins can't evaluate his own talent. The stupidity of that in and a, in a, in above itself is so telling that the guy is not the guy for the job, but that's an assessment of talent. You look at how they played Cam Meredith in the slot, and you know I don't want to go on a tirade about Daniel Braverman not giving a fair shot because ultimately opportunity speaks for itself with him. But putting proper personnel in positions to be successful aren't happening. It's not, you know, and that's ultimately a problem. When you can assess this talent on this football team, your third best player athletically happens to be on the offense, and it's Alshon Jeffrey. So now you got three pieces to the puzzle. What did the Dallas Cowboys have? Three, three. You know, this team should win, should be competitive, but ultimately the direction of benching Jay Cutler, manipulation of truth, fumble, Jordan Howard gets benched. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey's not well-liked. He's got owies. He's been criticized openly by the coach who criticizes nobody else. I mean, these things to me are telling there's a direct disconnect with the GM and the head coach. They don't see eye to eye on what's important because as I've quoted many a time, Ryan Pace came out. There's a reason why no quarterback was drafted. The bears years ago could have drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. Why didn't they? They had Jay Cutler. There's a reason why last year your GMs came out and said, we're building around Jay Cutler. This isn't a made-up story. It's the reality. What happened with the head coach, the offensive coordinator? Where's the dysfunction here, Lauren, with the top shelf? And one other point. I look at this offensive line. I know I've been saying this forever, but ultimately, you've got to put your best five on the football field. Uh, Thank you for putting up the quote from the Tom Coughlin book. You have a left tackle, athlete, strength, the right temperament, offensive tackle on your football team, who, mind you, was thrust into the right tackle position, made some mistakes. Guess what? Pro Bowl offensive tackles make mistakes. But when looked at through the eye of an offensive line coach, (laughs) Those mistakes, far less out, you know, they do not outweigh the positives that you saw Kyle Long display at offensive tackle. And it's a shame that you have this interior offensive line talent, and next year you're going to have it. And if they trot out Kyle Long, and they being if they go against what is being thought, to move on from John Fox and they keep this whole staff and they trot out Kyle Long to play right guard. <laughs> it's just asinine. It's like so ridiculous that on every level you have a piece of the puzzle to help you. That's like letting Alshon walk theory. 
you have a piece of the puzzle. Why are you going to let it walk, Lauren? Why in God's name are you going to let it walk? Today, obviously, wasn't Alshon's day to shine. I feel as though that was purposely done by Dal Loggins and the offensive game plan. I don't think was even thinking of getting Alshon involved in the offense today. It wasn't a priority, so to speak. And ultimately, when you look at the best players on this team, there are there is enough talent here to win. The IR excuses are ridiculous. Uh, you're six and ten last year. You're three and 13 this year the worst in franchise history lauren i don't know how in god's name you could think you're going to be close to even anything in rebuilding you're just going backwards and that's not the way you build a franchise and that will end up costing ryan pace's job if they decide to do so yeah you know i want to dig into that ir thing because it's it's just it doesn't add up to me that people can accept that oh well 19 players on IR means it's okay to be a three-win team you know like no one's expecting John Fox to turn or to take the roster that he's had this year and make them win the division and and go to the playoffs even necessarily I mean that's that's never what this has been about but I mean it's absolutely unacceptable in under any circumstances really to be a three-win team to when you start accepting that and saying oh well that you know making reasons as to why that's when you become the Cleveland Browns but like when you look at the games this season they had a lead on the Indianapolis Colts that they blew that should have been a one game that game was not lost because of injuries that was lost because of coaching same thing the next week against Jacksonville they had a huge lead and absolutely blew it not lost because of injuries lost because of coaching then a couple weeks later you know they take on the New York Giants and they actually take a nice lead in the first half I think they were up uh 16 to 9 at halftime what do you know they don't score in the second half that's another loss due to injury or due to coaching staff not injuries I mean same thing Tennessee game uh, Matt Barkley drives you down, throws two game-winning touchdown passes that are dropped. Is that is that due to injuries? That's due to coaching staff. That's due to Josh <laughs> Bellamy continuing to be out there. So that's four wins. So so far, I'm going with it. That's a seven-win team right now. You're looking to get the, the the second game against Detroit that they lost. They had an opportunity to come back and win that game. Yep. Ultimately, they let Matthew Stafford drive downfield and score. But again, another win. I think that's six. The, the, the Green Bay game. They they put on a comeback. Maybe maybe I won't give us. I won't give them the second game there. But against against the Washington Redskins too I mean I, I see six games I think this year five, five maybe that should have been wins that were lost because not because of injuries but because of coaching decisions and personnel use it's that I mean I just don't understand how you can look at this team and say injuries are why they lost to Jacksonville and Indianapolis and New York and Tennessee and Detroit I mean it's just it's it's asinine I mean did you watch the games no they don't watch the games they just look at the numbers and they say, well, if uh, it was Eddie, Eddie Royal out there could have made a difference. I'm trying to recognize who on IR is making a huge difference for this football team, Lauren. Eddie Goldman is the only guy I can come up with. You know, Danny Trevathan was a good football player, but did he really make the kind of impact that the amount of money they spent on him, you know, you know is saying? I mean, was his presence missed? Tell me who is given Bears W's except for Jay Cutler. That, that's the only guy, and they're running him out of town. So look who you have with the keys to the car. It's like I said, the 93-year-old grandparent 
who's cracked up every car on the street, you keep giving them the cars. That's what point are you going to stop them from hurting somebody else and ultimately tearing down this franchise for what it should be? You did an eloquent job of recognizing, you know, coaching, you, you play with who you coach. You know, my uncle coached the Cleveland Browns. He's, his quote, it's never, ever okay to use injuries as an excuse. These are paid professionals to do their job and to step up and come up with a game plan. There's a reason why New England wins. It's because is, is, is Hogan and that receiver core the top talented receiver core in the NFL, Lauren? No. Are they? They no, got Michael Floyd. Not. They they reached they out for use... a reject and have made him into something great. Did you see the plays he was Listen, making today? Yeah. Well, the reasoning is there's a system that's in place, and there's a, a level of accountability, and there's a process that everybody in the locker room needs to be on course with. And each week, their game plan is changed to the opponent to find the weakness in the opponent. That's what great coaching and coaching does you have the wrong coach in chicago he's not going to change i was a big john fox guy i really missed the boat he is what those people said he was conservative in game uh mishaps confusion lack of play call play game planning and adjustments at halftime all those things are happening before your face and if you think this team didn't quit against washington i mean come on what was today oh man i mean what was today's effort your fearless leader mr two-hand touch himself overslept yep. crazy and, porter and did you see and, that uh, just now alshon jeffrey said uh, i guarantee we are going to win the super bowl next year I didn't, but... I mean, come on. Oh, wow. Alshon doesn't even know who the quarterback is next or, year. Or the coaching staff. I mean, geez, I think he's just messing around now, but, like, man. I think that's this team to is put just... pressure on pace so you get the hell out of here. Yeah, really. That's how... We're winning the Super Bowl. Quote, yeah, I guarantee signing, we are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm with the New England Patriots. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. This but is... At least he wants to be back. personal here. Yeah. Lauren, there's nothing personal here. Like, I'm not the guy that's Mr. Negative towards the Bears that I'm being painted. I'm, I'm just keeping these bloggers and their opinions of stupidity down. It's almost like putting ice cream in root beer. It just starts overflowing, and these praises of brilliance. And <laughs> Are we honestly talking about the same football team? Brilliance? Did you see Vic Fangio's reaction to John Fox and company? See, wave the guy away. Oh my He's god! He's so done with this team. He is so done. Listen, I don't talk about my sources and and that stuff. If you expect me to do that, then you don't understand the game. But I do know a lot of people in the NFL, and I will say this: it was told to me very carefully and cautiously that. Vic is not happy with this staff. And and that just tells enough. It meets what uh, 
the whole front page of the sports section in Chicago was de- de- devoted to Mullins. Is that Mulligan's? Rather? Yeah, Mike Mulligan. Mulligan's. Mike Mulligan's report. You think he heard that from Fantasyland and ran with it? You really think that? And you think the next day when uh, Adam Johns stands in front of him? Uh, uh, yes, uh, Vic, I uh, hear that uh, you might want to leave. <laughs> Vic, yeah, I, I want to leave. I'm out. I'm tired. I'm tired of this place. You think he's going to give you a straight? What? I mean, what fantasy land are some of these fans living in? I mean, Jose Cotto, another shot to you again. Because honestly, I just don't get stupidity uh, consulting firms coming in and looking at the whole product of the football operations and Lauren three and 13 is awful there's no You're, excuse there's no excuse there's for any none, team ever to go three and never, 13 never never excuse there's you can, been you can excuse six and the ten Green last Bay year. Packers won a Super Bowl and had 17 starters on IR they went to a Super Bowl with that team where they lost all those players. It's coaching. It's coaching and having the right philosophy moving forward, supporting your players, all the things that we thought John Fox was here to do. Come in here, support Jay Cutler, build an offensive system that was surrounding running the football and pounding the rock and action game off of it. Deep shots down the field and inside to a nice tight end. You saw Ryan Pace trying, trying to put the talent to that theory, and everything they've done has been the opposite. I mean, they can't even assess Jordan Howard. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to Shane Marsaw arguing with me about Kevin White versus Cam Meredith in preseason. I could tell who's the better player. You start the better player, not the higher pick. It's, it's simple like that. And I think Shane would agree with that. And all of us. And that's the way I look. That's the way I saw it. That's why I look at the situation. Jordan Howard, as I tweeted out earlier, and Cam Meredith, two of the only bright spots, wouldn't even be playing had it not been for injuries helping the staff assess their personnel. And that's why I'm so adamant about what I know in Daniel Braverman, a guy that had 110 catches doesn't come into pros and, and forget how to catch the football when given he's limited opportunities. One opportunity makes a play that could get you to a, a tie or a win. And all of a sudden he's not allowed in the game until a zone drop defense where the quarterback made the error and blamed on him and has not, the whole selective accountability thing, right in your face. Daniel Braverman must stink. No one wants him. Yeah, it's and- out there for everybody, Lauren. But same with Kurt Warner. He must have sucked too. No one wanted him. Uh, Wes Welker must have sucked. That kid was on every. He was on the practice squad. No one wanted him. Danny Amendola. All those white boy Patriot slots. Nobody wants him, right? Yeah. The reality of the stupidity of the narrative. Given an opportunity, I'll place my money where my mouth is. I'm betting if you use a slot receiver as you're supposed to, which let's throw Logan Paulson out in the slot a few more (laughs) fucking times, okay? I mean, come on. And you're going to be confident 
and Dowell Logan's ability to assess personnel and how to use them when you've had 16 games to assess this guy is not the offensive coordinator. And I, it, I always come back to the, the thing, too. Like, if Jeremy Langford hadn't gotten hurt week two, would we have seen Jordan Howard? You know, when would no, we have seen Jordan no. Howard? You wouldn't have. I mean, that's so nuts to me. You know, like, how many different things have these injuries actually... I'm not, not trying to say the injuries were good at all, but, I mean, we did get to see what Jordan Howard would... We get to see what Cameron Meredith could do because we were just going to keep trotting out Kevin White and Jeremy Langford, who... May may have still have promise, but weren't getting the job done today. And and that doesn't mean that he's a bust or give up on him. But if you're trying to win football games right now, you need to put out the best running back and the best wide receivers. And clearly, from what we've seen on the field so far, Cameron Meredith is a better wide receiver than Kevin White right now. And obviously, Jordan Howard's the best running back on the team and in the division and and getting up there in the NFL rankings too. And I mean, when when was this going to happen? If if ever? I mean, it would take. It would have taken so long because because Dawalagas didn't get to see him in pads, and apparently it's impossible to evaluate your own players that you work with every day until they're in pads. Well, that's an unfortunate case of stupidity. There, it's not. You want a championship way? Go look at what Andy Reid does. Go look at what Bill Belichick does. These are winning philosophies. You know, people are laughing at my love for Jack Del Rio, but look what they're doing out there in the Raiders, turning it around in year two, building, building and understanding the importance of the running game and how to use your quarterback with a big arm off of it. The Chicago Bears don't. So I don't know what to tell anybody. You know, the first thing that always comes up in the assessment of this is Jay Cutler. You know, I hate to say it, the time seems to be dinging that Jay Cutler is going to be gone. That's the whole story. But ultimately, what are the options out there? You know, you drafted a young guy who's passing the baton. Would you want a Matt Barkley? You know, he came down to earth. Do you want Brian Hoyer? What has he done in his career to say, I'm going to pass the baton? You know, who's going to be coaching this football team? If Fox and company are back, Jay's gone. If a new head coach is hired here, then he should have the opportunity to assess this roster in the manner with which he should and hopefully come to the conclusion that right now, as far as a measuring stick is in comparison to the whole league, you could win with Jay Cutler at your quarterback. And unfortunately, it's not a popular opinion, but in a business of sport, it's the right one right now until you have the answer in hand. Right now you have the third overall pick. I've gone on record since when, Lauren? October about Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. <laughs> if he even declares. Sudden, if, now all of a sudden he's got a lightning rod because Matt Miller says so. One of the biggest frauds in the game. I'd love to be able to sit down for 25 minutes with Matt Miller and assess his ability to recognize talent on tape you could buy his scouting classes phil yeah i should go teach his scouting classes for him (laughs) at least the money goes to charity once you come out and rank offensive linemen and then our own lauren cox calls him out for talking about switching andrews pete to higher and the reason was he doesn't know how to properly assess I'm paraphrasing now, Lauren. Yeah, I, I learned I learned more about how to assess offensive linemen. 
Well, you've already come out with your rankings, you idiot. So who ranked them for you? You? Because you don't know how to? So ultimately you just did what everyone told you? Those types of people you got to look out for. I could care less with their uh, torch and pitchfork fans that they have. But the reality is there's a guy that is just a pawn repeating and reciprocating anything he hears and sending out to the fans. The reality is he might work hard, but you got to know what you're looking at in order to know. I could tell when someone's bullshitting me. And clearly that dude is a bullshitter, but <laughs> I don't want to get off. Yeah, I was saying, we're getting a little bit uh, off the rails just here. got fired up with the because, you know Quarterbacks. What? It's going to be the quarterback offseason. Everybody's got an opinion, and that's great. And it, just don't take it personally when I don't agree with you. That's the one thing. I, I don't have a fan card to any college football team. That's not how I roll. I roll with the best talent that I see on tape and how that will process itself into the NFL. Am I always right? Nobody is. But I'm certainly not going to sell somebody else's theory as my own. That will never happen. So we can all respect one another when I understand your opinion on it. It's coming from you because you've done the work. That kind of stuff is really, if you want to follow good people, I could tweet at me and I'll give you the list of people that I know do the work and could give you a good assessment of talent coming into the draft because there are good people out there on Twitter that really know what they're talking about. And I don't agree with them all the time. And it's nothing personal. It's just there's bullshitters and then there's real guys that can do it. And I don't lack any confidence in myself. I know I could do it. And I've done it. And I've had a lot more hits. And Shane Marsaw will point out every miss that I have. (laughs) And that's fun. Because I don't take it personally. It's going to happen. Well, and I want to get back to these quarterbacks because this idea that we, I think you and Shane and I and Jose were talking about this morning, you know, just just privately offline, about how if if you bring back John Fox and this coaching staff and let them pick your quarterback, I mean, it it, it sure feels like no matter who they draft a quarterback, they're not going to be winning playoff games next year. You know what I mean? And they're probably looking at being fired after twenty seventeen. I mean, unless something wild happens and, and changes the trajectory of what they've shown over two years. And so, you know, do you want a, a dud staff to be picking the quarterback? Do you want this these people to be able to potentially leverage part of your future to pick a quarterback, whether that be trading a first-round pick or multiple draft picks for Jimmy Garoppolo or using that number three overall pick on a quarterback that your franchise is going to then be committed to? You know, the way we've seen in the past, you know, the Jaguars kind of just stick with Blake Bortles and other teams take guys in that top ten and they just kind of stick with them no matter what, even if it's not the coaching staff that originally drafted them because they're just kind of stuck with what they've already invested in that position. And so I just I just, you can't, you can't pick a new quarterback and also have a staff that's looking at a one year and one and done kind yep. of thing. You either, you know, if it, if John Fox had done one year and you thought you maybe had two more of him, sure. But after two years and and if he's coming back, it's really a flimsy three. You can't commit a ton of resources as Ryan Pace to a new quarterback with if you don't even know if you're going to have these same coaches around them for at least a, a minimum of two more years. This is really honestly what you get at the barroom truth. 
I think all of those guys were in chorus and Lauren sharing you an insight. It's such a great point because ultimately the investment takes that North Pole standing. It stays there. It becomes, okay, we've drafted this guy. Now we're going to stick with this staff because ultimately is it going to hinder the development of this young guy if we let them go so you put yourself in purgatory based on drafting and assessing that's why firing john fox now cleaning house keeping ryan pace and letting ryan pace hire the right guy everyone go who's the right guy but this is a huge league there's talented coordinators out there there are talented special teams coaches that could take over and become the head coach. Getting that right, instead of worrying about a one-year makeup or breakup, is is important when it comes to a young quarterback because of what Lauren's saying, and I'm probably repeating him, but it needs to be said, here's a young kid, probably played the spread a little bit in, in college. Now he's has to learn the language in the huddle you saw the mistake that the Rams made in drafting golf. Uh, you and I were both on board with him not even being in the top 30 of players. I believe you were on board with me. But yes, the reality is this guy gets drafted number one overall, traded everything. Jeff Fisher's gone. The offensive coordinator coming in there is a whole new offense. They're going to have to predicate it around him. They're ultimately tied to this guy. So ultimately, you're... GM is picking a quarterback that's going to decide the future as a whole for the Chicago Bears right now, if that's the way you're going to roll with John Fox. If the guy hires a head coach and they walk hand for hand and decide that they're going to go in and they're going to get a quarterback this year or Jimmy Garoppolo, then they're not tied to that because ultimately they have made the decision together and it could take time. And they're able to have a, a time of recognizing, assessing this player properly by having that one-year shaky ground coach. Because let's a lot of talk is being talked. We're close. We're close. We're close in a lot of games. Yeah, you're close and you've lost all the games. <laughs> you've closed and you've lost all the games. Let's remember how you lost the Green Bay game in dysfunction in fear at the goal line with your back, a three-win football team against a team that's trying to get in the playoffs, you're deciding you're going to throw and not go four downs and win the game? That's coaching right there. So how this team moves forward is going to be a scary display within the next day. And I, I believe Aldo Gandia and myself will be right tomorrow. John Fox gone. And I could breathe a sigh of relief. I want... I want to. I want to feel the same way. I want to feel comfort, confident, but man, it's it sure is hard, especially with everything that the Chicago Bears have done this season. I mean, they have not given any reason to be optimistic that they will make the right decision in any way, shape, or form. I mean, especially when the news that they had a, they brought in another consultant. I mean, obviously that's above Ryan Pace, and it just kind of seems like. Ryan Pace might not have the authority to necessarily fire John Fox fully on his own, which 
if that is if that is the case, then then there's clearly a management structure issue because anytime anyone not the general manager is undermining the general manager's authority, then you're not putting winning football games first. You're not putting football decisions in the minds of your best football decision makers. So, I mean, obviously that would be a much bigger issue. But even then, with the stuff that Ryan Pace was saying before the game, even though it was kind of fluff and, and with Joniak on the radio to sound good, it's it's still enough for me that I'm just, ah, they're going to come out tomorrow, or on, yeah, tomorrow Monday, uh, equal opportunity Monday, as Jose Cotto would say, and and they're going to blame the 19 players on IR. And Ryan Pace is going to go through all these things. You know, we, went, we got down to our third-string quarterback, and we had 19 players on IR. We lost our nose tackle and our and our tight end and our pro bowl right guard and so you know we're we're gonna get healthy for next year and, and we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna get ourselves a new quarterback and you know john and i we're we're on the same page 100 percent. and it's, it's just i can't i won't believe the words coming out of his mouth if that's the case because it just seems like there's so many things that they're not on the same page and and maybe they can somehow pull it together and certainly you and i will be trying to make sense out of it no matter what happens but yikes it's 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 basically giving up on 2017 now on the first day of 2017. I guess it'll be the second day tomorrow. You're you're it feels like you're already giving up on that season if, <laughs> if you're committing to this staff again. I absolutely agree with you. It's it's a lost season. I, I would be shocked. I don't know. I think I tweeted out earlier this week. Give me some examples. I think it was Marty Schottenheimer, and then uh, I can't remember the Twitter handle was talking about uh, Garrett in Dallas turning it around, but the Dallas Cowboys had a 12-win season in there, yeah. too. So it, it, it's done maybe one time. If that's the gamble you're willing to take on John Fox, to me, that's just about what you're paying the head coach and sticking the course and really sticking it in the ass of the fans because ultimately they deserve better. The truth should reign supreme but ultimately in chicago i'm finding out it doesn't matter the truth does not matter um real quick i want to answer a question on twitter lord from yeah go marlon my boy marlon harris wants to know how am i gonna say meredith should start over white to start the season but last week i wanted daniel braverman to get on the field to get experience okay real easy to answer this question marlon it's called coaching and assessing personnel (laughs) So in the preseason, without a record of games being played yet, I want the best 11 football players on offense on the football field. In my assessment, uh, Kevin White wasn't ready to be starting over what I saw Cameron Meredith doing in training camp in scrimmages and practices. So, therefore, the depth chart should have displayed the guy that's playing his ass off over the guy who's a high pick despite that pick now we get to daniel braverman wow the season is a loss you get your young football players out there to assess them moving into 2017 putting on tape so the next uh, coach or your coaching staff that doesn't know their uh, personnel yet which seems to be here in chicago We'll have some tape of those players playing, and that's why I'm adamant about getting young players. Like, I thought David Fales should have started today. You saw what Matt Barkley's got and has given you. It, it, that's over. Daniel Braverman should have been on the football field today. We know what 
Josh Bell Josh drops Bellamy does, and, and that's that. And and that's how you assess moving forward in a lost season. And that I think answers your question instead of going 140 characters for 30 hour 30 30 <laughs> minutes. 30 tweets later. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about when the wins matter. You know, what, what matters more at, at what point of the season? Winning the game or, or evaluating your own talent? And early in the season, you just get your best players out there so you can win football games because that's the goal. Exactly. But in Week 17, when you're eliminated from the playoffs and the Vikings are eliminated from the playoffs and the outcome of your game makes no difference on the rest of the NFL, then you put guys out there that maybe don't give you the best chance to win, but you, but you still want to see what they're able to do. And it's, you know, it's not like you're benching... You know your your starting quarterback and your, your you know your top wide receiver. You're not benching Alshon Jeffrey to put Daniel Braverman out there. You're benching guys that you already know what Josh Bellamy is. You already know what Deontay Thompson is. You already know what you know. Uh, even like some of your outside linebackers. If, if a guy like Leonard Floyd was healthy, you bet Sancho is going to get those snaps. I mean, you know, same thing with a guy like DeAndre Houston Carson on, on defense. You know, you kind of already know what Harold Jones Corte and Adrian Amos can do, but instead. We get to see them all game, and I thought Adrian Amos actually played a decent game all around, but uh, it would have been nice to see DeAndre Houston Carson on the field ever. I mean, that would be cool, and, and even a guy like Tracy Porter got benched for oversleeping, but he still played 50 snaps in that game, and DeAndre Hall played four. I mean, it's, it's let's see what these guys have, you know what I mean? You're not trying to beat the Vikings. I mean, you are, but you're not worried about losing to the Vikings. That's the better way to say it. You're, not, you're still trying to beat them, but you're not worried about losing. So, you know, let's just give Mitch Unrein 30 snaps and, and let Jonathan Bullard play 23 and Cornelius Washington play 20. You know, let's let's keep playing all these veterans that we already know what they are and let's not get those young players involved because why? Why bother? Yeah, it, to the football guy, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I think, as you pointed out, the Chicago media are kind of coming around to the reality that, wow, they can't even get this right. And that is unfortunate. And I don't know how Ryan Pace or how much power Ryan Pace truly has, because if he doesn't decide to make the move on from John Fox, his job will be lost, I believe. So he's got to look at this well in advance of the fluff piece of Jeff Joniak, for God's sake. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest and really look at this as the franchise what are you doing what are you doing for the future of this franchise and ultimately secondly to yourself you have to look at your own job you know are you going to come or turn around here invest in a young uh, quarterback have to fire this staff and ultimately have people question you not making that move sooner that's really what's in play right now and i think john fox to Ryan Pace should be gone. Wait, you said Ryan Pace? No, John Fox should be gone oh, okay, for yeah. Ryan Pace. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. The, the, the wording there at the end came a little bit off the, the wrong way, but yeah, <laughs> I, I t- totally agree. I mean, there's not... There's just no... There's no two ways about it. I mean, there's no justifying what we've seen from season over season. And, and one of the things I want to try and do soon is is try and come up with a list of all the things game by game even that this coaching staff has done wrong to hurt this team and and keep them from winning more games because i think when you really put that up against the excuses you know the the injuries and the and the quarterbacking and and all this stuff you can really i think it'll pale in comparison to, to all the things we've been hinting at and i think really combing through each game of this season can reveal a lot of those little things 
of, of just you know certain plays of, of Jordan Howard not being used and and bigger things about like Kevin White being put out there too much even though he can't run a full route tree and he doesn't seem to quite know all the plays and it's right it's, right it's just it's just a, it's just sad you know what I mean it's it's, I th- it's I inexcusable we gotta, we gotta come up with the list and then we're gonna go live we gotta for the new year fix the phone issue Lauren yeah go live on the air take some of these fired up blogger callers and get the plan and reaction to what this team is doing in the future because you know you over at Bears Wire do a great job with Brian Perez I believe Bears Barroom brings a real truthful and straightforward in your face look at the Chicago Bears so I think it would be ultimately a great thing to get the off-season live shows going and interacting with these smart fans that really care and have the same kind of compassion and passion for the Bears. Yeah, and I know earlier we were talking about how there there are a lot of dumb Bears fans out there, but generally speaking, our our listeners are, are some of the smarter ones. I mean, we don't have anybody saying, you know, brain Erlacher for head coach, you know, Mike Singletary, defensive coordinator, so... <laughs> That, that's a good step in the right direction. But we are getting down to the last couple minutes of our show here, so we should wrap up. Uh, it's It's been a fun season, but like Phil was alluding to, we're going to keep this going in the off season. We, I don't think we've quite determined exactly what night each week we are going to do this, but we'd like to keep it going. And if you have any suggestions on a night that you think would be best for us to, to go live, and we'll have the call thing figured out here pretty soon. I'm going to really dig into that. But if there's a night each week that you think would be best for us to, to go live, feel free to tweet either one of us. Phil's obviously at full Phil O. I'm at Cox Sports 1, and Bears Hour Live is, of course, at Bears Hour Live. Uh, let, let us know if there's a, a time and a night that you think is best for that. I think we're going to have... A lot to talk about this week after Equal Opportunity Monday, one way or another. Maybe we might go live Monday night if that's that would be tomorrow night. If if some big things happen, we'll, we'll talk about it and see how our schedules look. But I know Phil's busy with a, a family and a full time job, and I'm just a college kid, so uh, <laughs> makes it it's a little easier for me than him. But we'll figure it out, and we'll we'll keep you posted on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page, Bears Hour Live, if you're if you're interested in keeping it up there too. Um, but yeah, we're we're down to ninety seconds. Phil, one last thought on John Fox and the coaching staff. I think if they don't get rid of the coaching staff and turn the page and admit their mistake, I think we're going to be in for a lost two thousand seventeen season. Stamp that, keep that on the record. I I, I totally agree, and uh, <laughs> it, you know it's hard to find ways to be positive, and I, I, at least with this Bear staff. So let's all. Let's all hope for uh, a second, a, a late Christmas present from, or holiday present, you know, Hanukkah present. We're not going to discriminate. Uh, a late holiday present from Ryan Pace Monday for the new year with uh, a, a new coaching staff fired. But that's going to have to do it for us at Bears Hour Live. Uh, hopefully you'll stick with us this offseason. We should have a lot of fun doing some more shows. And uh, we th- thank you for being our loyal listeners.